return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. I am who it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Well, I thank Pastor Dave for the opportunity to preach this morning. And, you know, I want to talk about, um, actually, it's going to be handling adversity under the new covenant this morning. And, you know, the Lord's really been showing me a lot about the new covenant and just what we have and how we deal with issues in the new covenant as opposed to how they dealt with issues in the old covenant. Amen. And so, you know, that we all go through storms. I'm sure every one of us right now is going through some sort of a storm. Maybe it's big, maybe it's small, amen, but we all go through storms. And to face these storms, we need to know, one, who sends them, amen, and we need to know how to face them. So John 10, 10, we'll go too much into this because I believe, you know, everybody knows uh, this, but it says, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy, and I have come that they might have life. They might have it more abundantly. Amen. So, so we know that Satan comes to steal from us. He wants to kill us. He wants to kill our dreams. He wants to kill our ministry. Amen. But Jesus came that we have life. Amen. And, and not just a long life. Amen. But he wants us to have a good quality of life. Amen. He wants us to spend time with our kids, spend time with our grandkids, have a good relationship with our family members. Amen. He wants us to have a good relationship with our friends. Amen. And he wants it to be abundant. He wants it to be more than enough. You know, everything with God is more than enough. Everything with Jesus is more than enough. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Even when he's talking about love and we love in people, he says it will be turned back to us, pressed down, shaken together and running over. How many have seen the experiment when you put, when you have a, like a, a bowl and you put big rocks in it and then you ask, uh, you know, can it be filled up more? And then... You know, everybody says, no, but then you put smaller rocks in it, and you fill it up even more, and then you put sand in it, and then you put water in it. Amen. That's how God wants, when we love other people, that's how God it measures back to us. Amen. In full force, in abundance of what we even gave. Amen. But there is a devil that wants to ruin our life. Amen. There is a devourer. First Peter 5.8 says that we have an adversary who is the devil, and he walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom you may devour. Amen. It doesn't say that he walks around devouring people, but he says he walks around seeking, amen, who he may devour. So doesn't mean you're going to be devoured by the enemy. Amen. Hallelujah. It says Jesus, it says in the Old Testament that God, he rebukes the devourer for our sake. Amen. 
but he will try to devour everybody that he can. Amen. Hallelujah. And who's most likely to be, de- be devoured? You know, if a lion is walking around, you know, in the, in the Sahara Desert, I don't know if they're in the Sahara Desert, in Africa, somewhere in Africa, uh, you know, are they, are they going to be more likely to attack a, pre- a prey that's prepared for their attack? Maybe that's, that's joined forces with, you know, in a pack or anything like that. No, I think he's going to pick out an animal that's unaware that he's going to be attacked. Amen? I'm going to pick out some animal that, that maybe is sleeping, that is young, that doesn't know anything. Amen? Well, that's how Satan is with us. Amen? If you're ready for the storms that come to your life, through reading the Word and through prayer and fasting, it's going to be harder for Satan to do damage to your life. Amen? And so reading the Word, staying in prayer, you know, fasting, all those things are going to give you the upper hand, amen, against the enemy. And it's not that we don't already have the victory, because we do. Jesus said that we, that, you know, all of our transgressions, he nailed to the cross, and he made a public spectacle of, of Satan and his, and his demons. You know, he triumphed over them in the cross. Amen. But things are still going to come to, in our life. We're still going to have things that come up, amen, because of Satan, because of the fall of man. Amen. So it's not just because of us, but it's because of the one who lives in us why we have the victory. So I'm not saying that every time we face a difficult situation, it's, it's automatically Satan that we, you know, it's always, it's always Satan, Satan, Satan. You know, we do live in a fallen world. Amen. And sometimes, I, I've made this before, if, if uh, the cashier at Hy-Vee or Walmart shortchanges me, you know, it's not Satan trying to buffet me. <laughs> it's not Satan trying to attack me with, you know, but we do live in an imperfect world with imperfect people. Amen. Satan, when, Satan, when sin entered the world through Adam, a perfect, sinless world became an imperfect, sinful world. Amen. Remember, before, before Adam and Eve sinned, the world was perfect. There was no sin in the world. Can you imagine that? No sin. Amen. It was perfect. But because we live in an imperfect world, things that happen aren't always going to be good, especially for Christians. Matthew 10.22 says, And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. Amen. So because, of Je- because we follow Jesus, you know, we're going to be on, on a lot of the end of the persecution. It's just going to happen, and it hasn't happened too much here. I don't believe, maybe for some of you out here, um, especially from other countries, but... It will happen. The Bible promises us. Amen. That's one of the promises that, you know, it's hard to read, but the Bible promises us for his namesake, we will be hated by all men and and things will come against us. Amen. But, you know, so being a Christian isn't just a game. Amen. we don't just want to play Christian in our life. You know, being being a Christian is a commitment. It's a race. It's a it's a long it's a marathon. Amen. We want to walk boldly as a Christian, unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. I mean, that's really key, is being unashamed. Unashamed of what God did for you. Unashamed of what Jesus did for you. Amen. And, and proclaiming it, professing it boldly to people. Amen. Because we're more and more we're put it, getting put in situations that, um, you know, we're having to pick a, a side. We're having to pick, you know, are we going to be, you know, maybe politically correct or are we going to be, um, steadfast in the word and faithful to what the word of God says. Amen. Hallelujah. Not only is that what we are called to do, but we're going to be better equipped to deal with adversity in our lives. Amen. When we walk unashamed 
of the gospel of Jesus Christ. When we realize it's all about God's grace towards us and not about what we've done, we're going to walk in a greater victory. Man, so he's given us the victory, amen. And he gives us, he has all these promises for us. He's blessed us with all these things, amen. But when we realize that it's not us, when, when we're not the perfect one, but it's Jesus who's the perfect one and his grace working in our life, amen, then we're going to really see the fullness of what God has for us. And we're going to see the fullness of God come to pass in our life, amen. Not that we're not going to still go through storms, right, but... But we're, all, we're going to be able to walk through those storms, amen, and uh, in peace, amen, and, and prosperity, in health, amen. And so all these things, he says, you know, are, going to, are added to us, amen, um, on account of righteousness, amen. So we, have a, we will walk in a greater victory, and we will have adversity. Paul says here in Romans 8, <clears throat> 35 to 36, he says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress... Or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Paul is asking the question, when we go through adversity, does it mean that Jesus doesn't love us? You know, and that's, that's you know, a lot of Christians will ask themselves that question. Might go through something, and some sort of adversity, some storm, and it's like, well, where's, G- where's God? No, where is he? Why isn't he here? Why isn't he? Why isn't he with me through this storm? Why isn't he just? Why isn't he just telling the waves to be calm, right? And so a lot of times, you know, Christians will get can get bitter towards God and say, "Well, he must not. He must not really love me unconditionally, or else he wouldn't allow me to go through this, right?" So you get that a lot of time. You get a lot of that type of attitude, amen, towards God, and they they you know people blame God with things that shouldn't be blamed on God, amen. Because we know that God is good, that every good and perfect gift comes from above, down from the Father of lights. Amen? <clears throat> they might also ask, does it, you know, does it change who God is when these things happen to us? Does it change who God says he is in his word? No, it doesn't. Amen? And it doesn't mean that God puts us through these things. Now, there's a lot of, you know, teachings out there and a lot of different views on, you know, does God, you know, God allowing us to go through different things and all these, you know, and, and, uh, you know, or is, you know, is there different tests that he gives us, you know, to make us stronger? Well, Romans 8.37 says, yeah, and all these things. So he goes through these lists, the perils in 35 and 36, the persecution, the nakedness, the sword. And then in Romans 37, yet yeah, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Amen. So I think that answers the question that despite all these things, despite the perils, despite the persecution, despite what's going on in our lives, despite the circumstances, amen, we can be more than conquerors and we are more than conquerors through him, amen. So he doesn't cause these things, but through him, he's not going to give us something and then through him take it away, right? Through him who loved us. God doesn't put these things God, God doesn't put us through these things, amen. He sees us through these things, amen. So we want to always keep that in mind that when we, when we feel that God isn't, isn't with us, when we feel that we're alone in the world, we got to remember that God isn't putting us through these things, amen. He will see you through these things. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Again, all things through Christ. Amen. He sees us through all these things. What is impossible with man is possible with God. 
Amen? Hallelujah. We have the victory by grace through faith in Jesus. And really the key to the victory is the grace that we receive from Jesus Christ. Amen? The New Testament is a, is a the New Covenant is a covenant of grace. You know, he, you know, the wrath of God is satisfied with Jesus dying on the cross, washed away our sins. In the Old Testament, there was blood for the covering of sins. But in the New Testament, there was one drop of blood for the washing away of sins. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we want to make sure that we're living with a New Testament, as Pastor Dave would say, New Testament filter. I talked about the, uh, the last time about how the tabernacle in the Old Testament and the types and shadows of it in the New Testament. Well, you know, how Israel dealt with adversity in the Old Testament is also different than how we as, new, as Christians in the New Testament deal with adversity. Amen? In the Old Covenant, people would go through adversity usually as a result of their own wickedness. And when they came back to God, He would deliver them out of their adversity. You know, it wasn't really anything that, that they did except they cried out to God and He would deliver them out of their adversity. Just a couple examples, you know, in Judges, Judges 3, 7 through 9, it says, So the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. They forgot the Lord their God and served the Baals and the Asherahs. Therefore the anger of the Lord was, not, was hot against them, and He sold them into the hand of the Cushan Rathasaim, king of Mesopotamia, and the children of Israel served Cushan Rishathaim. Eight years. When the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for the children of Israel who delivered them. Othaniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother. And then we see again, Judges 3, I mean, really, three verses later again. And the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord strengthened Eglon, king of Moab, against Israel because they had done evil in the sight of the Lord. Then he gathered to himself the people of Ammon. And Amalek and went and smote Israel and possessed the city of palm trees. So the children of Israel served Elgin, the king of Moab, 18 years. Eight, okay, it took them 18 years to cry out to the Lord again. After they had just experienced the grace of God, a deliverer, God delivered them from the hands of the enemy. It says, But when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, the Lord raised them up a deliverer, Ehud. Um, the son of Gera, the Benjamite, a man left-handed, amen, left-handed, hallelujah. Uh, and by him, the children of Israel sent a present unto Eglon, the king of Moab. Amen. So we see, and this happens in Judges, I mean, the whole book of Judges is about uh, Israel being wicked and turning away from God and turning back to idols. And then they cry out to the Lord after a certain number of years, and the Lord brings up a deliverer for him. And then after a little while, after that, after that judge passes away or is done being the judge, then Israel again turns back to the idols. But then again, they cry out to the Lord after a certain number of years, and then the Lord delivers them up. Amen. And so we know that even in the Old Testament, we had a gracious, they had a gracious God. God was gracious. Amen. He wanted to see his people do well. He wanted to see his people free. Amen. And liberal, liberally. Amen. So the new covenant, though, is a covenant of grace. So we still turn to God. Amen. We still cry out to the Lord. And he still saves us. But we now we have the authority through Jesus Christ. Amen. To speak to our problems. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But we have the authority. He has given us the authority to speak to our problems in the name of Jesus. Amen. So it's no longer, you know, God having to just come down and snap his fingers and deliver us from these things. Amen. No, we have the authority through Jesus Christ. And, and as Jesus as our mediator to God, amen, God hears our prayers through that. But now we have the authority. God gives us the grace to deal with adversity. 
Amen. And we know that Jesus already has the victory over death, hell, and the grave, but we still deal with things in our life. Amen. I've gotten that question before is, well, if we have the victory, why do we still deal with these things? Well, a lot of times it's because we have to exercise our authority over the thing. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if, uh, you know, if a basketball team, you know, if they, if they know beforehand, if they say the game was fixed and the ref said, no, I'm going to give you the victory here. Amen. And we're like, oh, yeah, you know, he, the ref's given us the victory. We're, we're, we're good. Well, we still have to go out and play. Amen. We're still going to come against adversity in the game, right? It's the same thing. This, we're playing a fixed game against the devil. <laughs> Jesus fixed the game so that we would win. Amen. But we still have to go out and play. We still have to go out and do things. Amen. We're still going to have the enemy come and attack us. Amen. Just like the defense is going to attack the opponent or attack us in, in basketball. Amen. So we, have to, we still have to go out and play. But we know that we have the victory. Amen. And the victory that we have is a little more sure than the victory that a basketball might team have in a fixed game. <laughs> Amen. First, we need to have a strategy. So we know that God has given us the power and authority through Jesus to deal with these things that come against us, but we need to have a strategy. Amen? And the way we get our strategy is reaching out to God and humbling ourselves before Him. James 4, 7 says, Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And so, resisting the devil and him fleeing from us, you know, is... is, is the precursor is submitting you to God, to humbling, to humbling ourselves before God. Amen. It's not that that we're so special as far as just us, you know, on our own that we can resist the devil and he's going to flee. Um, remember in in the in the New Testament, um, the seven sons of Sheba said, you know, they, the they cast out the demons in the name of Jesus, who Paul preached, and the demons said, well, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? Amen. So it's not without, without knowing and having a personal relationship with Jesus and knowing how to use his word effectively are those things going to happen. Amen. But he does use us as a channel to do that. And if we deal with one form of adversity multiple times, we may have to change up our strategy. And Audrey Mack talked about this a little bit at the pastor's conference, how, how we have all this knowledge of the word. Amen. But let's say Satan attacks us in one area of our life and you prevail against it with joy. You know, may the joy of the Lord is our strength. A couple of years later, he attacks you in the same area, and you try to prevail against it with joy, and you're quoting scriptures like, the joy of the Lord is my strength, and um, this is the day the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. And nothing happens. Does that mean that God's word is ineffective? No, of course not. God's word is always effective. Amen. It says his word doesn't return void. So if his word doesn't return void, that means it's effective by default. Amen. Maybe it means that the strategy that we use the first time isn't what the Holy Spirit is telling us to use the second time. Amen. Second Samuel five seventeen through 20 when David is fighting the Philistines, it says, When the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines came up to seek David, and David heard of it, and went down to hold the Philistines, uh, went down to the hold. The Philistines also came and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. Amen. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up to the Philistines? Will thou deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into thine hand. And David came to um, Balparazim, and David smote them there and said, The Lord has broken forth upon mine enemies before me as the breach of waters. Therefore he called the name of that place Balparazim. 
Amen. So we see that there was a strategy that David had. He inquired of the Lord. He humbled himself before God. Amen. He inquired of the Lord. And he said, what should I do? Should I, you know, if I go up against them, are you going to deliver him in my hand? And God said, yes. Go up against them. I'm going to deliver him into your hand. So David fought the Philistines. And God told him to go up against and they were defeated. Now just only two verses later, 2 Samuel 5.22. And the Philistines came up yet again and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. Amen. So same battleground. Same enemy. And when David inquired of the Lord, he said, Thou shalt not go up, but fetch a compass behind them, and come upon them over against the mulberry trees. So, encamp around them, circle around them. You know, and let it be when thou hearest the sound of a, of a going in the tops of the mulberry trees, that, that thou shalt bestir thyself, for then shall the Lord go out before thee to smite the host of the Philistines. And David did so as the Lord had commanded him, and smote the Philistines from Geba until thou come to Gezer. And so we know just from that, amen, so the same place, the same enemy, the same two opponents, amen, but God had a different strategy for David in that second battle. Even though it was the same valley, it was the same adversary, it was a different battle. Do you think that maybe the Philistines were ready the second time for David to go up against them? They, maybe they camped in the valley and they're like, oh wait, David's going to come up against us again. This, we're going we're gonna to prepare this way this time, right? See, God gives us the grace to the Holy Spirit in the New Covenant to discern what to do when the adversary comes our way. Amen? It may be the same, you may be going through the same valley. You're definitely dealing with the same adversary. Amen? But it's a different battle that requires a different strategy. Amen? Like I said, some of this is from Audrey Mack when she was here. Um, but we have such, so much of a head knowledge of what to do when the enemy attacks. Sometimes it's like, well, let's throw some scriptures against the wall and see if they stick. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to proclaim this, I'm going to proclaim this, I'm going to do this, amen. And there's so many strategies in the Bible. There's Bible is full of things on how we can come against any adversity, come, you know, adversity in our life, amen. Um, Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is my strength. James 4.7, resist the devil. But then Peter, 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast your care on the Lord. But then Matthew 28 says, go to God and he will give you rest. But then 1 Timothy 6 says, fight the good fight of faith. Amen. Philippians 4, meditate on good things. But then Mark 11 says, speak to the mountain, tell it to move. And so we have all these tools. You know, we have a, a giant tool belt of things amen, that God has given us. Again, the blessings that we have as believers. Amen. We just need to know which one to deploy. Amen. And the discernment can only come from the Holy Spirit. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 says, Seeing that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, <clears throat> Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was on all points tempted as we are, yet without, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne room of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So let's look at this here. <clears throat> it says that we have a great high priest. Well, we know that the high priest um, was the only one that could go into the holies of holies. He was like the mediator between uh, the Israelites and God. Well, now we have a great high priest that go, is the go-between between us and God. Amen? That passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. So when you're going through something, when we're going through an issue in life, amen, we, we, we hold fast to what we profess, what the Bible says about 
the issue. Amen. We know that we have a report that we can get from the world, but then we also have a report that we get from God. Amen. And whose report are we going to believe? Well, we want to believe God's report. Amen. So we hold fast to our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. And New King James Version says, we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. <clears throat> anything, any weakness that you have, anything that you're going through, Jesus can sympathize with you. Amen? He's already went through it. It says he was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Amen? You know, when you go to a job and, and you, maybe it's a new position, and the person that was working in the position maybe got a promotion, but they're there for a couple more weeks. And so they can train you and they can teach you how to do the job and they can teach you the pitfalls and what not to do and how to handle different situations. <clears throat> That's what Jesus says to us. Amen. You know, we're now he had the power, he had the authority when he, when he was on earth to cast out demons. And he gave that authority to his disciples and to the 70 that went out. Amen. To lay hands on the sick and they recover. Right. Well, when Jesus left, it said he sent the Holy Spirit to guide us. Amen. So now we have a blueprint, amen, on how to uh, do things. And it says that he was tempted in all points as we are. Amen. So whatever you're going through, amen, it's already been overcome. Jesus has already overcome it. Amen. But he did it without sin. We're going to mess up. We're going to be there are going to be times where we mess up. Well, Jesus did not mess up. And it says, let us therefore, because of that, because we have a high priest that has experienced what we've experienced, because we have a high priest that was tempted in all the points that we are, let us come boldly to the throne room of grace, <clears throat> that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. I mean, so when we're in a time of need, because, you know, we, again, we are going to be in times of need, but we can go to the throne room of grace, amen, and find grace to help in those times of need. Amen. I mean, we can't do it on our own. That's why maybe, maybe one strategy that you deploy for one uh, area of your life isn't going to work the next time or for another area of your life. Amen. <clears throat> you know, there's different promises that the Bible says, you know, by his stripes we are healed. We just know that we're healed. And that's not a strategy. That's just, you know, that's just the fact. That's the truth is that we're healed. Amen. A strategy is something that you deploy... Amen. To uh, combat whatever the adversary is coming against you with. Amen. So maybe, maybe one, you know, I know sometimes uh, there have been times where I've had an infirmity, I've had a sickness, <clears throat> and the Lord tells me to pray for somebody else. Maybe for a same sickness or, you know, and as I'm praying and as I'm interceding, the, you know, whatever is going on with me goes away. You know, that's, that's a strategy. Amen. The Lord gives, you a, gives us a strategy. And we do it sincerely. But it's also a strategy to combat whatever Satan has against us. Amen. Maybe sometimes we get a report and, you know, just in your spirit you hear, just, you know, uh, like Steve Bachlin said, just laugh about that. Let's laugh about that. Amen. Amen. Maybe it's just, we just need this overwhelming joy. Amen. Maybe sometimes <clears throat> uh, in 1 Corinthians, I think, let me find the reference. You know, one of the things that, that really helped me get over my parents' uh, divorce was, uh, let's see, <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 6 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, 
who comforts us in all our tribulations, that we may be able to comfort those who are in, are in any trouble. So, you know, in that case, the Lord said to me, you know, you will be comforted, you know, be comforted by the fact that now, you know, you know, even through this, what Satan meant for evil, God can turn it around for good. Even through this, now you can comfort others who are going through the same thing, other children that are going through the same thing. For me, that was a comfort. You know, I had a, you know, a brother that was younger than me, and I, so I could help him through it and comfort him, you know. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, but, <clears throat> excuse me, but you see, that was a strategy. You know, God had a strategy for me in that time of need. Amen. We just talked about some of them. Maybe, maybe, you know, we need to really, you know, fight, resist the devil and he will flee from us. You know, maybe we really need to, we need to, you know, pray against that thing or pray against whatever's coming against us. Amen. Sometimes we do need to, Lord, I just, I'm just going to give it to you. I'm not going to fight. I'm just going to give it to you. Lord, I'm going to put it in your hands. I'm going to rest in you. Amen. Hallelujah. Sometimes, you know, we might have something that comes up where, you know, like uh, Philippians says, we need to meditate on good things, on things that are pure, on things that are lovely, amen, on things that are a good report. If there's anything virtuous or if there's anything praiseworthy, you know, it says meditate on these things. Maybe that's, maybe that's the strategy we need to have. Whatever you're facing, there is a strategy, amen. amen. Whatever you're facing, you have the victory, amen. amen. God has given us the victory. <clears throat> Hallelujah. And God does give us the grace to discern these things. I mean, it says in the Bible that our spirit searches even the deep things of God. The Holy Spirit within inside us searches even the deep things of God. And it can discern. You know, the, the word of the Lord is, is, is you know, a discerner, even to the, to the joints and the marrows of our souls. Amen. So the Holy Spirit's a discerner. So if you're not sure what to do in a situation or what you're going through, Amen. Ask the Holy Spirit help you, to help you discern, to give you wisdom. Amen. It's not unattainable to discern, to discern these things. James 1.16 says, If we lack wisdom, just ask God, and He will give to us freely and without reproach or without taunting. Amen. So we need wisdom as well. To, you know, that's part of the wisdom is going to the Holy Spirit. So it's important to recognize that while we are dependent on God, we still have to be the ones to exercise that wisdom and that authority. Amen. 2 Corinthians 12.7 says, unless I shall be exalted above measure, Paul talking here, the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Now again, you've, we've heard this before, but it was a messenger from Satan to buffet. That was the thorn in the flesh. Amen. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that I might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Amen. So, what did Paul do? He, he went to the Lord. He said, why aren't, you know, get this thing away from me. You know, you get this thing away from me, Lord. Amen. But the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast of my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Amen. So, you know, Paul was, was saying, hey, God, do something about this. You know, this, this messenger of Satan's buffeting me. Do something about this. And God was saying, no, I've given grace to you. My grace is sufficient for you to do something about it. Amen? My strength is made perfect in weaknesses. I like to say it like this. When we realize that we're weak and we can't do it on our own, 
as far as, as far as we need the name of Jesus, you know, we, we have the power working inside of us, amen, then that's when God's at his strongest in our life. Amen. That's when God's at his strongest in our circumstances. <clears throat> Kenneth Hagin tells a story in his book, The Believer's Authority, about a time where <clears throat> Jesus appeared to him in a vision. And at the end of the vision, vision he said a demon came across between him and Jesus and uh, it looked like he's like a monkey or an elf and put up a smoke screen in between so he couldn't see Jesus, he couldn't hear him. And the demon came jumping up and down crying, yakety yak, yakety yak, yakety yak, he said. Kenneth Hagin thought to himself, doesn't the Lord know I can't hear him? These are important things. I need, I need to hear what Jesus is saying to me, you know. And so he said he almost panicked and cried out in the name of Jesus, you foul spirit, I command you to stop. And the minute he said that, the demon hit the floor and the black cloud disappeared and the demon ran off. And he thought, why didn't Jesus do something about that? And I was going through this. He's trying to tell me something. Why didn't Jesus do something about that? And the Lord told him, if you hadn't done something about that, I couldn't have. And Kenneth Hagin said he was shocked. He said, Lord, you mean you said you wouldn't have, right? He said, no, if you, if you hadn't done something about that, I couldn't have. And Jesus said, Hagin told the Lord, I don't care how many times I see you in visions, you're going to have to give me three scriptures to back that up. And he said that Jesus smiled sweetly and said he'd give him four. Amen. And so, you know, when we're, you know, when the Lord puts something on our heart and we know that the Lord put something on our heart, amen, it's okay to say, Lord, show me in the word. Where does it say in the word this, this is, you know, this is true. Amen. Hallelujah. Part of the grace that we receive from God is the power and the authority of the, over the enemy. Matthew 28.18 says, says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All power is given to me in heaven and in earth. So Jesus, all the power was given to Jesus. Amen? Then Ephesians 1.19 says, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ... When he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principalities and power, and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Amen. So that's the authority that was given to Jesus. Amen. He's talking about the authority given to him over might and dominion, over, power, over the principalities and powers, over the names that are named. Verse 22, And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. Amen. So all that authority that Jesus lists off over powers and principalities and might and dominions and everything that's named, amen, all that authority, it says he put under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. Amen. And the church is us as believers, not just this church, but the believers across the world. That is the church. That is the church that Jesus is coming back for. Amen. He's going back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. Amen. He's coming back for a church that has authority. He's coming back for a church that has power over the enemy. Amen? You know, the Bible talks about being equally yoked, you know, in marriages and, and you know, even, you know, I think it goes even further to business relationships and different things like that. But, you know, just in a marriage, well, if, if Jesus tells us to be equally yoked, don't you think that Jesus is coming back for a bride that's equally yoked to him? Amen? amen. Well, what does Jesus have? Well, he has the authority. He has the power. Amen. He's, he's perfect in every way. Amen. And what Jesus does, he looks at our heart. He sees that, you know, when we become a believer and we become a new creature in Christ, amen, our heart, it says, is sealed for, the, for, eternal, for eternity. Amen. So our heart is, is, 
perfect. Yeah, we, we commit acts of unrighteousness, but he is coming back for a perfect church without spot or blemish. Amen. <clears throat> so we need to exercise, continue to exercise that authority. <clears throat> Ephesians, uh, sorry, I just read that one. You know, Jesus, as the head of the church, has given authority to us, so we need to exercise our faith and use it. And in Acts 3, 6-7, Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Amen. So you notice here that, that it was Peter that spoke to him. It wasn't, he didn't try to, he didn't say, you know, Lord, you know, speak to this man's ankle bones and tell him, you know, that he's healed. Amen. But Peter said, <clears throat> in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. <clears throat> It's because of Jesus we have the authority. It's because of Jesus we have the power. Amen? <clears throat> but he said it was Peter had to do it. Peter had to enact his faith. Peter had to take the step of faith. He had to, he had to maybe, you know, maybe by this, time, by this time this wasn't out of Peter's comfort zone. <laughs> right. But he did still have to say the words in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Amen? There might be a time where you're praying for somebody. And you feel have something in your spirit that the Lord wants you to say, and you're like, "Well, I don't want it to be wrong. You know, I don't want it. What if it's wrong? What if nothing happens? Amen. What if, uh, you know, what if that person doesn't get healed? You know, the Lord told me to say, you know, um, you know, to do this, to you know, to rise up and walk, or you know, to, you know, you know, it's, I don't know, take off your glasses or something. You know, get out of your wheelchair or something. You know." Or even sometimes it's just as simple as, you know, you're not feeling where you're, you're, you're sick, you know, during the day, but you have an event coming up at night, and the Lord might just want to just say, just go to the event. You're going to start to feel better. You're, gonna, I'm go- you're going to be healed. Amen. You know, and, but it's like at the time we feel like, you know, we can't do anything. We're so tired or bodies ache or whatever. Amen. But the Holy Spirit, when he's telling us to do something, amen, it doesn't matter if, if it works or not at the time. What it matters is our obedience to Him. And we want to be, be obedient to the Holy Spirit. We, don't, we want to be obedient to what Jesus is telling us to do. Amen? So Peter had the authority through the name of Jesus to tell, tell the lame man to get up and walk. So we need to know who we are in Jesus Christ when we're saved. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that we are a new creature in Christ. Verse 21 says that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? So we become a new creature. Amen? Maybe... We, have a, we all have a past, amen? Maybe we have a past that's kind of dark, that, that we don't really like, right? But it says that when we become a Christian, that we are a new creature. All the old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Amen? So all the old part of ourselves, amen? Pastor Dave always says, you know, we have a big front windshield and a tiny rear mirror. We always want to be looking ahead, amen? We always want to be looking towards what uh, our destiny is. Amen. And God has a destiny for all of us. He has a, when I, when I say destiny, destiny, I mean calling. He has a calling for all of us. He, there's, a, there's an avenue He wants us all to go down. Amen. In our ministries. And we're all ministers of the Word. Amen. You don't have to be at a pulpit. You don't have to be an evangelist or a missionary to, be, to have a ministry. Amen. But what are we going to do with our ministry? Amen. And a lot of times, you know, for us here, our ministry 
you know, part of our ministry is to our local church. Amen. So it's, you know, it includes tithing. It includes volunteering. It includes helping out in different places. Amen. We all have a ministry. and We all work together. The body says that we are, we are one body, but we're members individually. And so, you know, each one's a member. Somebody's a finger. Somebody's an arm. And no member is, is worth more than the other member. You know, the ear can't say to the eye, I wish I was an eye, or else we have no hearing. Amen. The mouth can't say to the ears, I wish I was an ear, or else we wouldn't be able to talk. Right? Amen. That's one thing the Lord's really showed me uh, just, you know, over the last five or ten years or so, is um, just grow where I'm planted. Grow, you know, what has God called me to do now? Amen. You know, I, I've cleaned the church now for two or three years. Well, God, you know, that's where he had me. I, you know, I wanted to be a blessing in the church. So I cleaned the church. Amen. Or leading fire starters when I was a fire starter. Well, that's where God had me. Amen. And so, it's, you know, when we have those things, when God gives us opportunities, amen, we jump on them. You know, we want to do what we can for the, for the, for the, for the ministry. Amen. Hallelujah. So it says that we are new creatures in Christ and that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But it's not enough just to read it once and think, well, I'm good. I'm never going to be persuaded otherwise. This is what I have, you know. We have to hold on to it because our adversary, the devil, I mean, he's going to constantly tell us that we're wrong. He's going to constantly tell us that, well, are you really saved, though? You know, you did this last week and, you know, you didn't even repent for it. Even if it was accidental, yeah, you didn't repent. Are you really saved? You know, the devil's going to try to tell us. He even said to Jesus, you know, if you are the Son of God. Even with Jesus, he was trying to question his identity in, in God. He said, if you are the Son of God, turn, command these, these stones to be turned into bread. Amen. Testing his confidence in his identity. And Satan is going to try to test our confidence. I mean, he wants to. It's like, you know, uh, you know, it's like, I don't really have a great example. I thought I did, but I really don't. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like a, you know, the other day I was in the, in the office and, and the windows out there are really clean. And a bird came and right into the window. Satan's going to test our confidence, amen? He's going to test how much flexibility and bend we have, amen? <laughs> and so, you know, we want to make sure that, that we can stand fast. We can stand firm, amen? Hallelujah. When Satan comes, amen, like a flood, we raise up a standard against him. Amen. We can raise up a standard, amen? And we hold fast. We hold firm. We hold, we hold strong to what Jesus has told us. Amen. Hebrews 10, last scripture here. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Amen. So again, it talks about in the first part, rather than having boldness. It's going to take boldness. Amen. To come against an adversary, a lion. Amen. It takes boldness. Right? To enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. 
Again, we enter in by the blood of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus that's the key. You know, we have to exercise the authority, but we do it by the blood of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. That's how it has power. Through the veil. Amen. When the veil was torn, there was reconciliation between God and man. Through the veil, that is his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Amen. We want to be fully assured, amen, that we who are who we are in Jesus. It says in Genesis that we were made in the image of the likeness of him. Amen. So we are, we are in Jesus. Jesus is in God. God is in Jesus. God is in us. Amen. We're all, we're all you know, as believers with him, we are connected. And we are one together. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Yeah. Amen. So when Satan tries to come against us and say that, well, you're, you're not really amounting to anything. This is where you are right now. Or when he comes to us and he says, well, are you really a, a Christian? Are, you know, you're not really living right. You know, are, are you really a Christian? Well, that's when we say, no. Yeah, maybe I've strayed. But I know that I have the full assurance of faith. And I'm holding fast to my confession without wavering. Amen. And he who promised is faithful. You know, yeah. God promised, you know, all of his promises, you know, come to pass. He do, there's never been a promise that, he, that hasn't come to pass that God has given us. Amen. Amen. But he is faithful in our lives. Amen. He wants to see us do well. He wants to see us be faithful back to him again, equally yoked with him. If he's faithful to us, we need to be faithful to him. Amen? Hallelujah. We're going to end a little early today. But, Father, we just thank you for your grace to go through situations, to go through problems that we may face, Lord. We thank you that you've given us a mediator, Jesus Christ, as the go-between for us, Lord. That in any situation that we can call on the name of God, on on the name of Jesus, Hallelujah. And we can exercise the authority that he has given us in Jesus' name. We thank you just for a great day for everybody today, Lord. Um, A great night tonight, Lord. We just thank you for your love for us and the grace you've given us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And Pastor Frank's going to be ministering tonight. It's going to be a great message, so come on out for that. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife@brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.